Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Mari Bolaños in San Francisco. Los Angeles is receiving millions in state funding to help launch a program to combat homelessness among the formerly incarcerated. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi has more. $15 million has been allocated to the nonprofit Impact Justice to start up the homecoming project in the Los Angeles area. The program launched in Alameda County in 2018 and expanded to Contra Costa County last year. It pairs individuals who are leaving prison with homeowners who have a spare room and want to help with the reentry process. Alex Busansky is president of Impact Justice. We're going to use these dollars to open doors, to homes, to jobs, and to other life-expanding and enriching opportunities that pay dividends when the beneficiaries of these opportunities give back to their communities. And they do, and we see that every day. The program pays the homeowner a stipend rather than have the individual that's staying with them pay rent. It also provides services to those who were incarcerated to help with the adjustment to life outside of prison. Los Angeles Assemblymember Wendy Carrillo is one of the lawmakers who pushed for funding the program. For far too long, thousands of families across California have struggled with recidivism, systematically being fed into a destructive cycle that brings people in and out of prison and continues poverty across our state. The goal is to get the homecoming project up and running in the greater Los Angeles area by next year, with hopes of eventually expanding it statewide. For The California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
Ensenada is the birthplace of Mexican surfing. It's a rich history, but many people don't know about it. Now, two surfers from Ensenada have set out to change that. Here's KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis. The Baja coast has always had amazing waves. But when Ignacio Felix was growing up in Ensenada during the 1960s, surfboards were a rare commodity. Nosotros de vez en cuando veíamos un americano llegar a Ensenada con una tabla en el techo. Felix says that it wasn't like today in Ensenada, where surfboards are everywhere. He'd only see them whenever American tourists with boards strapped to the roof of their cars drove into town. Felix was among a group of curious children who spent hours on the beach, just sitting there in the sand watching the surfers catch waves. As he grew older, his curiosity turned into a passion, and he became one of the original co-founders of the Baja Surf Club, the oldest surf club in Mexico. Felix remembers being starstruck when surfing legends that he'd only seen in magazines came to Ensenada for a contest he helped organize. Figuras como Mike Doyle, eh, Mickey Muñoz, David Nueva, hasta Mickey Dora llegó. By the time Pete Torres had first picked up a board in the 1970s, surfing had become more popular in Mexico, but it still had a stigma. He says it was mostly associated with long hair, hippies, and drugs. Si tú le decías a tu mamá, voy a empezar a surfear, tu mamá, no, es un deporte de vagos, es marihuana, o sea, era muy mal visto. Mexico has thousands of miles of coastline and several world-class surf destinations. Thanks to these natural gifts, it also has a rich surfing history, full of adventurers who discovered new waves and spread the sport down the country's Pacific coast, all the while fighting a government that didn't want them around. But few people are familiar with that history. Torres and Jesus Salazar are trying to change that. They started documenting the origins of Mexican surfing through a podcast and Instagram page called Memorabilia del Surfing Mexicano. Salazar says that places like Acapulco and Puerto Escondido are known all over the world, but the stories of the people who actually developed the sport, they are not. And that's like the main objective, you know, like to talk about uh, surfing culture, Mexican surfing culture, and to start to give it uh, an identity to Mexican surf, because there is none. The project has taken them to famous beaches of Mazatlán, Guerrero, Oaxaca, and Nayarit. They've tracked down historic photographs and interviewed the pioneers of Mexican surfing. It's amazing to see, to hold the history in your hands. Torres and Salazar say one of the most important moments in Mexican surf history happened in 1970. After Felix and the other members of the Baja Surf Club performed well in the 1968 World Championships of Puerto Rico, they put in a bid to host the tournament in 1970. Against all odds, they won the bid, beating surf heavyweights Australia and South Africa. Felix says that nobody expected them to actually get the world championship. The governor of Baja California and mayor of Ensenada just couldn't believe it. Como que nos apoyaron creyendo que éramos eh, pues unos chamacos que estaban medio locos, que no íbamos a traer nada y de pronto aquí está el mundial. They even secured a broadcasting deal with ABC's Wide World of Sports. The event was going to put Mexican surfing on the map. Pero el gobierno mexicano dijo no queremos que Ensenada but the cultural upheaval of the late 1960s was in full swing, and Woodstock had just made international headlines. The Mexican government wasn't interested in a south-of-the-border version of that chaotic scene. So they canceled the event. Se convierta en un lugar en donde los hippies de California vengan y lo adopten. Felix says that they didn't want Ensenada to become a campground for California hippies. That decision derailed the future of competitive surfing in Mexico. The country wouldn't go to another world championship until 1988, the year Torres was on the team. 
Nowadays, Salazar says that it's very important for those who actually live the history to tell their own stories. Americans have come a lot and, and made all kinds of stories about surfing in Mexico and they tell very little about Mexicans. We feel it's important to get stories about Mexicans out there, you know, we think it's very important. Lately, their efforts have started to pay off. Salazar and Torres recently contributed research to an article on Acapulco surf culture for the latest edition of the Surfer's Journal. They see that collaboration with one of the most widely read surf magazines in the world as recognition of the important work that they're doing. Next, Salazar and Torres say that they hope to bring a photo exhibition showing the rich history of Mexican surfing to Ensenada and Southern California before the end of the year. For the California Report, I'm Gustavo Solis in San Diego. And that's the California Report for Thursday, September 29th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system. On the web at chcf.org health equity. Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.